0: There were no Italians on the field. Really? No, it's just pass it to the little Uh, Mexican kid.
1: Pass it to the Mexican kid. Everybody else but me, we are recording Oh my gosh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Uh, He sees this group of college students walking down, which is us, and he goes through and nutmegs like five of us. And he, he and his friends just like go, oh, they thought it was so cool that they nutmegged us as we were walking through. What is that? Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we're meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And we're excited to be back for another week. Yeah. Gordon, I feel like I really, other than last night, haven't seen you much at all lately. So tell me about your life.
0: Uh, It's just been kind of winding down finally as far as like work. Mm -hmm. Um, We had our last week of the summer last week and did it last week on saturday we all went to the beach together it was supposed to be like all the missions but everyone kind of canceled because there was like a big storm coming in and me and chris since we live closer than everyone else to galveston decided to still go and there was no rain like six seven foot waves because of the forecast and um i d- dove into the uh, sand and so I have like a busted face yeah right
1: now. he's got a nice little scar on his nose yeah. that's pretty I good i built
0: the scab off earlier today yeah But other than that, not a whole lot. Just we kind of like planned out the fall yesterday. And so now it's just kind of like a hard break a little bit for like two weeks. And we pick back up in the last week of this month. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh,
1: For those of you who aren't from this area of Texas and you don't know what Galveston is. Right. uh, It's a small little island, not too far from where we're recording right now, actually. It's kind of like the go-to place. For if you want to go to the beach, even though the beach there isn't, not, isn't very good. No. Sorry, friends from Galveston who are listening to this. It's, it's true and you know it. Yeah. Although it was
0: like, like a month ago, everything was like blue. Like yeah. The water was blue. The current from where the water comes in from a yeah. ch- it chain shifted. It. It hasn't done that in years. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so it was like really, really blue, yeah. but that's not normal.
0: No. Usually like not a lot of awake and kind of brown. Water,
1: yeah, but that's also where all the cruise ships go out of. So, if you're ever looking for a cruise, come down to Galveston. It's true. There was like two of them. We saw them the other day. Yeah. Have you been? How have I been? How have you been? Tired, to be honest, man. It's been it's been a long, long summer. To be honest, I thought it was winding down, and as soon as I was like, oh, summer's summer's almost over, and then we started planning for the next year, and so. We have our confirmation is in yeah. two weeks, no, three weeks, something like that. It's in a couple of weeks and it's a big year because we have the Cardinal who's doing our confirmation. So it's really, really cool to have him come in, but there's a lot of work that goes with confirmation. So it's fun stuff, but it's, it's good stuff. But fun fact, I don't think I've even told you this yet. I actually stopped doing uh, martial arts for a little bit. So I'm taking a little bit of a break. Why? Partially, because it's expensive.
0: Okay. And I'm... Um, that m- would make sense.
1: Muy pobre. But also, I just kind of felt like taking a break, you know? Are you going to do something else? Yeah, so I really... My goal is to spend more time with people. Oh, So, like, with you guys, which is kind of ironic, because I feel like I've seen you less ever yeah. since I stopped
0: doing it. It's that. probably also ironic, because people probably assume that we, like, see each other all the time.
1: Right, yeah. Which sometimes we do. At
0: least once a week. Yeah. I think
1: last time we recorded together, we had seen each other like five times that week or something. Yeah. But it kind of varies. So, yeah, I'm trying to focus more on relationships. So, if y'all are in the area and you want to spend time with me, that's why I'm taking a break from martial arts. So, come find me or message me or something. Reach out. Yeah, reach out, because I'm not very good at that.
0: Well, in this not downtime, supposed to be downtime for you. Mm -hmm. Have you seen anything? Watched, taken anything in new media?
1: Yes. Well, (laughs) I don't know if you'd call it media, but it's kind of media. I was going
0: to say it if you weren't. So yeah, you're going where I think you're going.
1: I'm definitely going there. (laughs) So I have a friend from the Pines. His name is Ethan. And, uh, he asked me, I think it was like two weeks ago, if I still play Pokemon go. And I said, no, I haven't played it in almost a year. And then I started playing Pokemon go again. And now I have Gordon playing again and like a bunch of people from our friend group are playing. So everyone's playing Pokemon go. You should get back into it and then look us up and we can friend you
0: strongly (laughs) debated on like, could we do a Pokemon podcast?
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I almost made that today, but then I was like, nah. Oh, that would have been fun. I know, but I don't know. I like didn't want to do this topic, but every time I was trying to think of something else, my heart's like, you, I want you to do this. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to stick with it. Yeah. So I don't know.
1: So fun fact, uh, and this is new for all you guys. We actually have a guest coming on next week, mm-hmm. and he is the biggest Pokemon fan I've ever heard in my life. That's awesome. Like crazy obsessed.
0: Uh, I used to work with someone back in Georgia. My job before this, he was also that obsessed. Yeah, yeah.
1: His uh, so my friend's camp name because we all have those camp names. His is Blastoise or Blast for short. Nice. Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: But we're not talking about Pokemon next week. Although I'm sure it will come up at some point. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my main focus. I've also been reading some books, which has been good. Um, but nothing super crazy. Uh, except there is a book that I'm reading for a future podcast Which yes. I said last week, but you guys are gonna have to keep being patient with me
0: I'm going to be reading that as well
1: So we're gonna keep that on the DL and just let you know that we're reading a book But not let you know what it is So keep your mind open to what it might be <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> so now that we know that you've done uh, a few of the same media things as me Anything different?
0: Same as you, I'm I'm in like four books right now, but I can't read more than one book, so I'm just kind of like hacking away at them. I like mm-hmm. put three aside, and I'm like, I'm not going to touch you until I finish this one. But it's all books I've mentioned on the podcast before, so it's just ones I just haven't finished. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm stuck. Um, and then Pokemon Go is the big thing. I feel like I've watched new movies recently. Oh, I've just gotten to a new documentary series on Netflix. It's hmm. called the Dark, or it's called Dark Tourist. Tourist? Yeah. And it's basically, it's a very me thing, but it's basically this guy who's like a British documentary guy who dark tourism is a subsect of tourism where like people go and do things that aren't considered touristy. And he goes around the world. So one episode is all about the USA and like dark touristy stuff that's in the USA and then South America. Um, And it's really, really fascinating. Are
1: we talking dark like illegal dark or just like weird dark
0: weird so like he goes to uh mexico in one of the episodes and like the first thing he does is check out um who's the guy from like narcos oh famous drug lord oh i'm blanking on his name yeah me too i haven't even seen narcos heard it's fantastic but chavez no i don't know mustache i know what he looks like but he's dead now Um, but because of the his time there and I'm sure because of the show now like it's a huge tourist attraction to go and like visit his grave and like taxi drivers that live in Mexico like dress like him and pretend to like be doing shady stuff while driving you around and so like that's something he went and visited and like checked out Um, and then something else in Mexico that he did was like a faux border crossing (laughs) where like You can pay money to, like, to actually go through, like, the trials of, like, the exercise you need to do, the training before, and it's it's actually, like, a 12-hour journey. They're, like, walking through mountains and stuff, and, like, the guy that leads it used to actually take people across the border, and so he sets up, like, fake robberies from, like, people in Mexico that know people are doing that. He sets it up to where, in the end, they almost make it, and then, like, like the border crossing patrol comes and like arrests you and it's like very surreal but also terrible acting and it's stuff like that is it like the real border patrol arrests them no oh it's all part of the all acting yeah wow yeah and it's like terrible acting so it's kind of funny but it's also like the whole time they're doing it like six hours and they're like i'm exhausted and even though like i know i get to go home like I'm thinking about like how real this is for like some other people.
1: Yeah, so as weird as that is, that's actually really creative, and it kind of, I would imagine, puts you in their shoes a little bit. Like you said, obviously they know they can go home afterwards, right?
0: And they like I said the acting's so bad; it, he's like trying not to laugh sometimes, like when they are being robbed. Uh, but at the same time, he's like, "This is also," like when I do think about it, like it's terrible Mm -hmm. and so it's it's stuff like that he goes to like japan and like drives through where like hiroshima was bombed and Mm -hmm. like is in zones that he shouldn't be because the radiation is so bad it's just like that kind of touristy stuff wow it's like that's really fascinating short episodes like 30 minutes and it's just been it's really cool and sad (laughs) and good
1: See, this is what happens. You always bring the
0: weird things on air and then I want to check them out afterwards and I get hooked. It's on Netflix, only seven episodes. You probably watch it in like two days and, and you can't do anything about trying to watch it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I'll have to check that out too.
0: Yeah, other than that, like I said, I've been watching... I've watched a few other movies, but ones I've already mentioned and I've already seen. Um, but because of it, I've been watching them with Lizzie and... I don't know what it was. It was something we watched or something just came up. I think we were talking about like the the awards and she brought up like a movie, which I don't remember the name is, but she was talking. She was like, she just had a question. She was like, why is it that these movies become like famous or like win awards? Cause it's a movie she's always hated. Um, she's never, never seen it, mm-hmm. but she just hated the idea of it. It's like about a boy who's like 22 and like a grandfather um, who in their stages in life, like meet each other. And not, like, his grandfather, but, like, he's... Just a different old, grandfather. A div- yeah. Okay. No, yeah, mess this up. But they have, like, a love story play out. And one of her qualms of what she didn't like about it is what she... He thought that... She thought the old man was married, but he's not, when we ended up looking it up. And she thought the boy was underage, but he's not. So there were some things she thought that wasn't true about the movie that made her, like, more disgusted. But also these things. And we started talking about, like, essentially what we do in this podcast. like. Mm-hmm the reason those films are critically acclaimed are for, I was like, there's multiple reasons. Like there's filmography, there's script, there's music. And I'm sure a few of those things are one of those things really stood out in this film. But also there's these stories, underlying stories within everything that we're all drawn to. And for this, it's these desire, if the love story is beautiful, it's the same story we all want with ourselves, with Jesus, with God, with each other. And, even if it's misplaced within this story of, like, same-sex attraction, it's not f- a false sense of desire for love. Right. It's just this distorted idea of what we desire. And so because of that, I was like, man, talking with you about it, it made me, ch- like, challenge me to, like, I kind of want to watch this movie and do a podcast on it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's so many things, I'm sure, media-wise, people, are, like, shun. When in reality, if you just changed your lens and point of view, you can, like like, we do, we just pull out. And so there's a movie I've like that Bishop Barron, Father Mike Schmitz has never really liked or like kind of like went on, not, not didn't like, kind of went on like a, this is bad in the stance of Christianity. Right. Um, it's The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. And I have have the movie. I've watched it. I enjoyed it um, and wanted to do a podcast on it because it was kind of big in the news. And so talking about this recently over the weekend, I was like, all right, I'm going to rewatch it again and let's do a podcast on right. it. Right. Uh, which brings us to today today's topic yeah
1: yeah i think if i'm trying to remember back to bishop Barron and father mike and their comments on it a lot of it is just this like you're saying this distorted idea of love and that's really what they were not a fan of yeah if i remember correctly i I don't think they had anything bad to say about the filmography or the story at all it's just this idea of distorted love and i think it's perfect because In this show, that's what we do. We take what seems like it doesn't have Christ in it, and hopefully in the next 20 (laughs) minutes we can show that Christ is there. So I haven't seen this movie, but Gordon's going
0: to walk me through it, and we're going to—this Yeah, is like a test. Yeah, no, I mean, I have actually pulled up the article— on uh, Word on Fire, oh, and it cool. was actually Bishop Barron. It was someone, I guess someone that works at Word on Fire. His name is Paul Tillich. Is that the guy that interviews him? I guess on the podcast. Uh, no, but he does have a lot of writers that. Okay, yeah. So it's just one of the writers, and he was just talking about how like he knew this was going to win an award based on three things that like most movies nowadays has like a celebration of op- oppressed people, uh, the valorization of complete sexual freedom, because mm-hmm. there was like same sex attraction in this movie and that type of thing, and then a Christian villain. And that's the big thing that bishop Barron and father mike Schmitz drive home is like now in today's movies versus like 50 years ago when movies first came out the villain was portrayed by their clothing It was like black you know the dark side it had they had like hats and guns but now right. the villains in most movies are the ones that quote scripture yeah and they're like the like the ones that are like the bad picture and so that was a one of the big qualms um but other than that it's a sense of who the director is too he's kind of a devout atheist and so he kind of pushes those themes Mm -hmm. a little bit and just like fluidity in our persons and uh the public and so that was kind of where this whole thing came up with those other people but like any movie like i said watching it there's a ton of themes i pulled out and especially quotes themselves i'm just like if you apply it to the idea of christ or Mm -hmm. that story it also lines up perfectly right for anyone that hasn't seen this movie and you want to, it is rated R. There is some suggestive themes. There's definitely nudity. So I just want to like forewarn you now. Don't watch this with your kids. Don't watch it with your kids. Depending on what kind of things you don't do like in a movie, this has a lot of things you might not like. Yeah. So just going in that. Cool. Let's dive in. And so to start, uh, the background is, this is a, I don't know how to say his first name in i butcher, but like it's a Del Toro fan Del that's Toro. All, that's how I always say. The guy that made Hellboy I had made Pan's Labyrinth Um, I never had any like desire to see this movie I don't know why because I love his films but Lizzie bought it for me and we watched it and it's beautiful the color is great Um, and it's a film that's set in the Cold War era of 1962 so I kind of like set up some background notes that like just to keep in mind during that time like segregation segregation is big and prevalent and Uh, we see that in this movie yeah um, Same sex attraction Is something you keep to yourself mm-hmm. Not like if you, were, you Came out at that time That was like super like shocking or shunned um, This was a time during the American dream uh, Where people are focused on the future Like TVs are kind of a new thing Microwaves People want stuff Like mm-hmm. materialism is like big And then this is also during the age of the space race This is right. before Russia beat us to space so, it starts with the main character. Her name is Eliza Esposito, and she is a mute woman who lives in kind of like slight isolation kind of and when i when I say isolation, I mean like she lives alone, but also because she has like some type of wound. they don't explain what it is. she has like three scars on her neck that keep her from being able to speak. She's just kind of isolated in the world, okay as a mute, and she works in a high security government laboratory as a janitor with her friend zelda delilah and her life has kind of changed forever when she discovers a secret classified experiment led by this character richard strickland and as we know the character is this water creature uh, right which this, ironically
1: looks like characters from all those other movies that you just mentioned that are del toro films same actor yeah yeah and the character always looks the same i think we talked about this we did talk about this like the sao episode or something but he always looks the same
0: always looks the same del toro has very sensitive like this style of like puppetry and like costume Mm -hmm. it's like a very unique like touch and so yeah it's kind of very very much mirrored um and so we have a few characters and i'm just going to list them now so you kind of recognize the names as i talk about them later but eliza esposito the main character she's the mute Zelda is her friend at work, and um, they're both janitors there. Giles is a man who is her neighbor at her flat. So she lives in an apartment. He's her neighbor. He is kind of like her only friend outside of work, and she's his only friend. Okay. You have Richard Strickland, who doesn't work at this laboratory, but came in because he's the one that found this monster or beast or human, however you want to look at it. Um, and brought him into the facility to be tested. Dr. Robert Hoff said settler, who is the scientist that's doing tests on the monster. Richard is not like a scientist. He's just a guy, a guy that's like running it, working for the military, basically. Okay. And then we have the amphibian man, this water creature. So those are like the main characters. There's others, but those are like the ones that I love, like the development and Okay. It opens with Giles, the neighbor, who you don't really know at the time when it opens. He's just narrating, and he's like kind of like, you know, Del Toro. All of his movies are fairy tales. They're kind of like that that type of told. Right. And So he's starting with the narration of like, what would I tell you about this story? Like, how do I don't even know how to where do I what do I begin? Um, but the last kind of last thing he says there, on the end of this whole intro dialogue that I love is like, or should I just? warn you about the truth to this tale a tale of love and loss and the monster that tried to destroy it all and i i think i noticed that line mostly because you guys have a podcast titled love and loss yeah that's
1: exactly <laughs> what i thought of too that was our valentine's day episode right
0: and so that's what he's saying like this is a tale of love and loss and that this is like truth and then there's a monster that tries to destroy it and hearing that knowing about the film you think that's the water creature mm-hmm but it's really he's speaking about Richard Strickland, right. who is the villain, um, the Bible-pushing villain in this movie. Oh, OK. So it kind of goes through her routine day, where she has a very strict routine of like waking up, doing this, boiling eggs, making a lunch, catching the bus, going to work, coming home, repeat. And okay. it shows her that. Then this character comes in with this beast, and you immediately notice like her demeanor changes and her routine almost a little bit changes because she becomes a little bit curious. And then she wants to know more about the beast. And they, she tries to like figure that out. The beast noticed that she has different intense, intentions. They kind of meet. And as soon as she figures out later on in the movie that the science behind it has kind of quit, and they decide just to dissect the beast to figure out more about it, she decides to steal the beast um, in order to save him. And they kind of like fall in love. And there's a whole ending.
1: So with, with this routine... One thing that comes to mind with that is this idea of monotony, of being trapped. I think a lot of the times when that's portrayed in movies, it's showing someone who's trapped in this boring life. Yes. And so from what you've said just there, it sounds like she's looking for freedom uh, from this beast.
0: And, and oh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's exactly a really good point I probably wouldn't have touched on because... It does say on the back of the movie where I said, like, she's kind of living in isolation. That was mm-hmm. just a description they gave to the character. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that plays into, you know, for us, this idea that when we can get stuck in these routines or when we do have like that, sometimes it is on us to try to step out of that. Like, like we're isolating ourselves right. by being like by trapping ourselves. Yeah. And then from there, I'm just going to go through quotes. And as I, I got, them, got them ordered throughout, and the quotes are what really stood out to me. And then the character progression. So the first quote, they're cleaning up the bathroom. Zelda and Eliza. They're just okay. cleaning up the, the men's bathroom. And they're, she's complaining. Zelda's really hilarious. She's like very vocal, which is a great contrast to a mute character. Right. She speaks her mind, talking about everything, complaining about how her husband doesn't speak to her and how like Eliza speaks to her more than her husband even does. <laughs> and then walks, walks in... Richard Strickland and this is after the monsters made it in. They they kind of seen it because they were cleaning up that main room when he came in and they ushered them all out so they know there's something going on and he washes his hands and then goes to the bathroom and she's looking at this giant like cattle prod that he like rested on the counter. Um, Eliza is and he's like yeah don't touch that. That's like very dangerous. It's used for like large beasts and then comes back and as he comes comes back she offers him like a towel so he can wash his hands and he says He says, no, a man washes his hands before or after tending to his needs. It tells you a lot about a man. If he does it both times, it points to a weakness in his character. And I kind of like was confused by that. So I looked it up and people were like talking about how if he washes hands before he went to the bathroom. And by that, it's showing that he's he's more concerned about himself because he doesn't want germs on him. Rather than when you wash your hands afterwards, you're concerned about other people. Right. So you're selfless rather than selfish, but I also thought about Pontius Pilate in that quote. Yeah. Of just like he washed his hands before before dealing with. Oh. And it was So like in this situation, he's even though he's the one cattle prodding this beast and like hurting him, he's just like, "This is no big deal. I washed my hands of the whole situation. I'm just doing my job." Mm-hmm. And at any point, just stop me if you have anything. And else to and happen.
1: this just to clarify, this is the the Christian figure, right? Who they're portraying
0: as this is he's a christian figure only in the sense that he quotes scripture okay but what i'm going to kind of get to later is for me he seems as like his character grows he seems more like a pharisee back in like scripture like Mm. biblical times because he knows about scripture but But he doesn't live it right okay yeah and that'll come up a little bit later
1: but before we dive in this is just one thing that jumped out to me before when you're describing the characters is the the three like claw marks on her neck i don't know if this is something that you you want to tie into but i I feel like there's something there um i didn't pull anything from that so if you have something so not yet but that's it's just sitting in my mind right now so there'll hopefully be something by the time we're done with this conversation but i'm sure there there will be we'll tie something in and going off of that last quote you had if um Uh, was his name, Richard? Uh, Yeah, Richard Strickland, either one. So him washing his hands, being Pontius Pilate, that makes the beast Jesus. Yes. And so if she is in this routine of just being lost, and then she looks to this creature, which is presumably, from what I've heard so far, our Christ figure, uh, she's looking for freedom, which it sounds like she's possibly going to be finding from this Christ figure. So, I I don't know what comes next, but we'll we'll see if that works. Yeah, no, that's
0: exactly it. Like, uh, they refer to him as a god over and over again. Interesting. Um, Richard found him in the Amazons of South America. He said the people in the jungle worshipped him as a god, um, and as he journeyed up here, they they didn't become friends, which is another reason I kind of picture him as, like, a Pharisee, because the Pharisees who journeyed with Jesus over the journey began to resent him more and more. And that's Mm -hmm. what he's saying. He's like, I found him in the jungle. These guys worshipped him. The people that he was with loved him. But as we journeyed up here to North America, I began to hate him more and more.
1: This is the Pharisees bringing Christ to Jerusalem.
0: Yes. And he's the one like punishing him and almost crucifying this creature. Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. Okay. Yeah. And you'll love this too. When she first goes in to get to know the creature, she goes mm-hmm. in, like she keeps pretending she's going to clean this room and like leaves her things out. He has like this cylindrical tank mm-hmm. and then he has this pool so he can like swim out and into the pool, but he's chained mm-hmm. and she sits next to the pool the first time they actually like meet. The woman in the well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Wow. Okay. And that's, like, the first time she, like, feeds him a boiled egg. And he freaks out at first, because he's only used to pain from everyone else, but realizes she means good. And that's where they keep coming back while he's in there to spend time together. Interesting. So I really want to
1: play off of, like, this neck thing. It keeps coming back to me. So I'm going to ask you this. Maybe it's unrelated. How many fingers does this beast have? Five. Five. Okay. So it's not him. Um, but that, that just keeps coming back to my mind, so...
0: We'll, no, we'll yeah, keep it's going, going so they're in the office with Strickland the two women mm-hmm. I don't remember why but I think it's because they saw the beast and you want to like let them know kind of what's going on and he says to them both Strickland or Richard he's like you may think that this thing looks human he stands on two legs right but we are created in the Lord's image you don't think that's what the Lord looks like do you and Zelda says I mean I honestly don't know what the Lord looks like I couldn't say And he's like, it looks human. It looks like us. And then to be a little more derogatory, because Zelda is like African-American, he's like, actually, it probably looks more like me. And so in that moment, he's being more derogatory, but it also is like making himself a god figure. Mm -hmm. And this is where you get the separation. And early on, you also see Richard's, uh, these two fingers get bitten off by the creature. You don't see it happen, but you see him walk out and he's bleeding.
1: Gordon's holding his smallest two fingers for everyone to know.
0: My ring finger and the pinky finger. (laughs) Um, So he only has these fingers left.
1: Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, guys. So (laughs) I just put this together. So five fingers you start with. He lost two fingers. There's our three fingers right there. And so this is Strickland that lost those. Oh, my gosh.
0: And it was one of my favorite things in the entire film is that he gets them sewn back on because... Eliza cleaning up the room finds them and they get them sewn back on. Okay. But throughout the remainder of the movie, it never heals right. So these two fingers just keep rotting and rotting and rotting over time. It's like this open wound that he's carrying. That's just festering and dying that he's not dealing with. He keeps like hoping his fingers are going to heal and they're not. And like by the end of the movie, people are getting in the car with Richard and they're like, gosh, it smells in here. Like, I don't want to be in here. It's terrible. So, Okay. This just brought a lot. Did you know this? Did
1: you put this together as soon as I said the I three fingers thing?
0: didn't think about this until I pointed my fingers and I was like, holy crap. Okay. But I knew my the, the, the finger part was my favorite metaphor in the entire film.
1: Great. So we have this beast. Yes. We have this thing that's that's becoming a part of him and kind of festering inside of him and corrupting him, right? Which is sin, All right? So we have this figure who, who finds himself or considers himself to be holy... In as much that he considers himself godlike, right, but in reality is literally rotting from yes. sin, right, and because of that he's becoming the beast, right, and he's that's the what, monster. He is the monster right. that's referenced at the very beginning, and so we see how even when we envision ourselves to be quote unquote good people, when sin is present, it destroys us. Right. We, we've talked about that in other episodes. I'm not going to go into details on it, but it, it literally destroys us. And it sounds like because of his pride and his idea of who he is and how solid and how holy he is, he's not willing to
0: address the issue. He's not willing to humble himself. Right. That's exactly it. He's my favorite character because, I don't know, the whole message behind him. One of the other things that you're going to love is that he's very like unsatisfied. At one point, he tells his wife, like, I need a new car. Mm. And he has a perfectly fine car. And he goes in gets, ends up getting a new car. And at another point, he kind of starts getting this attraction for eliza and it's because she doesn't speak like mm. he's starting to get annoyed with his wife because she keeps talking to him he hates the beast because when he stabs the beast with like the cattle prod it like yells and he talks about how noise he want he's longing for this silence mm-hmm. and that's something else i noticed like he's just unsettled he's rotting and he know he notices where he finds the most peace is in silence mm-hmm. but he doesn't have it in his life right oh wow that's that's really good
1: <sighs> yeah yeah so and again we've talked about that in other episodes too I'm thinking especially of A Quiet Place A Quiet Place Uh, but I think we've talked about in other ones as well but how it's through that silence and through that prayer uh, along with grace that we're able to work through a lot of those sins and addictions and and that pride and, and all that stuff that is clearly
0: a part of his life yeah making him become the monster or the beast yep And so when Eliza finally gets this idea, because she knows the monster is going to be killed, to steal the monster or like rescue the monster, Mm -hmm. she tries to get her neighbor in on it, Giles. And so she's talking to him about the idea, and he's like, "No, this is crazy. That's illegal. (laughs) This is not even only illegal, but you're working with like high-end facility. That's not going to happen." And she says, "Listen to me, like." listen and try to read because she does sign language Mm -hmm. and that's another thing about the beast i have to say that real quick is that i think another reason they connect so well and she gets to know him is because he doesn't speak he's Mm -hmm. a monster Mm -hmm. she doesn't speak and immediately when like she meets him she speaks in sign language and he copies and he's like learning there's immediately this like communication that they have Mm. and i don't know why when i was watching i kind of thought about pentecost you now everyone that didn't speak the same languages all of a sudden did through the Holy Spirit and they were like one. Yeah. And so like how just communication is like vital to discipleship? Right. And even just in a more general sense, I mean we think of, of
1: God, God is not restricted by language. We are restricted by language, you know. So right. with the universal church, right, Catholic literally means universal, we have a one point two billion Catholics in our church and we speak different languages. And yet our prayer is no less yeah. because of the language we speak. God understands us and, and whatever that is. And in fact, it's a lot of times through the silence that we communicate the best. Yeah. And there's just this understanding through prayer where we don't need to speak just like them. And it's a lot of just—I'm thinking of adoration because it's just seeing this Christ figure, right? So I'm sure in, in the early stages of their communication— A lot of times it has to be just seeing each other. Just, I would imagine looking into each other's eyes and like just understanding. There's usually one of those scenes in movies like this where they just kind of look at each other and they just like understand. And that's, to me, that's adoration. We look, we see, and we just understand. Mm -hmm. And that's silence.
0: Yeah. And so she's signing to her neighbor to try to convince him why they need to do this. And she says, What am I? I move my mouth like him, I make no sounds like him. What does that make me? All that I am, all that I've ever been, brought me here to him. When he looks at me, the way he looks at me, he does not know what I lack or how I am incomplete. He sees me for what I am, as I am. He's happy to see me, every time, every day. I think if we
1: could just listen to that every morning when we wake up. Yeah, it's called reading scripture, Claire. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that's that's the gospel message.
0: Exactly. And he still refuses when she when he says that about helping her. He says, "We can't do anything. I'm sorry, but this is just. It's not even human." And as he's running out to go to work, she, like, bangs on the wall to get his attention turns around, like, what? And she says, if we do nothing, then neither are we. Hmm. Hmm. And so she has this realization, like, that we can't be monsters, too. Right. We have to go out. And I so there's, like, two things. Here's a Christ figure, but it's also during this age of discrimination. This is just an idea of, like, everyone's somebody.
1: Right. Yeah, and... I feel like we've done a lot on pro-life recently, but this goes to the, the abortion issue. I mean, the most common argument for pro-choice is, I disagree with it, but it's not my choice. Which, if we look at that, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but if we do nothing, then we are monsters too, right. you know, if we allow this. So that's the first thing that comes to mind there. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: it can go for kind of any major stance like a church has on something that like or just anything in general
1: yeah I mean uh, immigrant issue that's going on right now same thing like if we if we do nothing
0: it's the idea of like sins of omission yeah absolutely
1: you know and uh, this again ties back to our episode on sin and like loss of self I don't remember what it's called it's like lose myself or something yes I lose yourself don't lose yourself that's don't what lose it was. yourself yeah uh where we talked about sins in general not just sins of omission the more that we fall into those we actually become less human and more corrupted monster
0: and so that definitely falls in with what she's saying there too Mm -hmm. so later on the monster has been rescued they're keeping it at the house like in the bathtub and it's just the monster one day and giles and so giles is sitting there and he's talking to the monster he says have you always been alone like do you have anyone do you know what happened to you? Because I don't. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know. I look in the mirror and the only thing I recognize are these eyes and this old man's face. You know, sometimes I think I was either born too early or too late in my life. Maybe we're both just relics. And there, it wasn't just like what he said that I liked. It was just this idea that finally just sitting here, this beast who can't say anything is just sitting there in silence and he's like still relating to Mm -hmm. him. He's like, are you alone? Because I'm I'm alone. We're like the same. And he's like feeling very relatable to just this guy sitting in a bathtub.
1: This just brings me back to adoration. Uh, A lot of the times teens will say, "I, I don't hear anything when we're talking about adoration. And I mean, a lot of the times we won't hear anything. And maybe that's us not listening. Maybe that's we're just not ready to hear what God wants us to hear. But sometimes we don't need to hear. We just need to be there. You know, sometimes in the presence. in that presence, we need to have that intimacy, that chance to just be honest with God and tell him how we feel, that we feel alone, that we don't understand where we come from or why we're here right now. And just that honesty and intimacy in the relationship.
0: One of the last few things, the monster has the power of healing. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this so, is too easy. <laughs> yeah. So he accidentally like scrapes the old guiles um, in fear one time and so they're bandaging it up and the monster like lays his hand on the wound and like starts glowing and on his head late, like in that scene when he's talking to him by himself because he's balding and like the next day he wakes up and he has hair growing and he untakes the bandage off and there's not even scars where they're because of the deep cut so he, he has a power of healing uh, it's obviously Christ yeah um, and then in the end this one's big too they they the idea was they live next to a canal, like, like the, kind of like Panama Canal, one of those things that fill up with water yeah, at certain yeah, yeah. times. And they're waiting for when the rainfall happens to pick it up to release the beast. Because okay. they can't while well, the walls are down. Sure. And it's, So it's like a, a, a dam that you put in, like a mm-hmm. river. Okay, yeah. And so they, it's finally the day, so they make it to the docks. And this is by the time that Strickland figures out that they're the ones that took it. Because this mm. whole time they think it's like a SWAT team, the Russians trying to beat them to the space race or something, they don't know. And they all make it to the dock. They're about to like do it and all of a sudden you just hear gunshots. The beast gets shot. Eliza gets shot. And um it was Strickland and he's like, I'm here, I you know, I don't fail, I deliver. And then you see the the gun wounds and the beast who's dead, like heal and he gets back up. So it's so he he literally died, but now he's not dead. And at that point Strickland says you are a god. Truly, this is the Son of God. He recognizes after he was like he resurrected himself. Oh, yeah, you are a god. And then mm. he kills him, and, he, and then he grabs Eliza, and they jump in the water, and he breathes into Eliza, and then touches her neck, and those three lines turn into gills, and uh that's it. They kind of like live happily ever after. In the water. In the water. So we have this like baptism, baptism, Pentecost kind of type confirmation all happening right there and her imperfection came her became her like root of life yeah and the last thing is while that scene's happening like i said the only thing is like they do actually fall in love so they like kiss but in that scene Giles, the narrator speaks again he's like so what would i say what do they live happily ever after they're still together i don't know it's like but if i explain it to you in one way it would be in this poem and this is where we get the title a shape of water because like what what shape does water take whatever it's put into any shape and so the poems is unable to perceive the shape of you I find you all around me your presence fills my eyes with your love it humbles my heart for you are everywhere it's a prayer yeah it's always a prayer (laughs) (laughs) and that's I mean it's essentially that's it it yeah but like it's as much as there's like a lot not to like in that movie it's very cut and dry like bad guy because of sin because of what he carries this christ figure and this person that just needs to be recognized needs to be loved needs to be healed and finds it
1: yeah and obviously that's the point of this podcast is to be able to show like this secular movie like even that portrays christ i do wonder how much was in there on purpose right right because some of this like especially towards the end there some of that stuff is just pretty blatantly christ-like and so I wonder if a lot of that was trying to play at well, we have this Christian figure who's not being Christian, but then it draws us back to what Christ is, even if it is in this distorted idea of love, maybe. I don't know the story well enough, but that's what Bishop Barron's author said. So I'm going to say there's probably something to that. So even with this distorted idea of love, we're still pointed back to this Christ figure. Like that's right. ultimately what's desired. Even though del Toro is trying to kind of corrupt that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously he, but it's still something to, to be said that he still admires. Yeah. There's that story. Like or, this, I, I don't know. He recognizes that the this, this story,
1: the gospel well, exists. Well, he desires it. Right. We all desire. It. And, yeah. And so he desires to put that in there. Even if, like you said, he's a devout atheist. He still desires it. Mm -hmm. That's what we're made for. Yeah. And that's the point
0: of the Christ (laughs) in culture. So yeah, as like a challenge, it's really not like one related to the movie. I think a good one would be to pray that last poem. If you look up shape of you, ending poem, I'm sure you can find it. Uh, I could probably put it in the show notes. Shape of water. Shape of water. Shape of you is Ed Sheeran. Yes. Let's not do that. We could do that some other time. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Well, it says shape of you in the in poem. The, yeah. But yeah, shape of water, ending poem. Pray with that. But outside of that, to look at something as far as that's in media or in, and I don't know, maybe outside of that, but mostly kind of in media that you've purposely been like, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And it probably it might be, but like, just I challenge you to look at it with a different lens with this idea of like what... Could I put like what could I pull out that is of Christ or find, is of the story? Find the good. Yeah, and if you find something really good, let us know and send it to us. Maybe we can do a podcast on it or a video because hopefully video. those are coming soon. Those are very good. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, going off of that though, I do want to give just a lot of praise to you guys because there's been a lot of people in the past couple of weeks who have come up to me and just wanted to share stories of where they were in a conversation with someone. And they were talking about a movie or a TV show and they turned that conversation essentially into what we do here on the podcast. And they just told me about those and I think that's awesome. So if you guys are listening, hey, it's so cool to hear that you guys are taking what we're doing and bringing it into your everyday conversations. That's, it's beautiful and it's been awesome for me to hear. So thanks for that. Keep letting us know if you're having those conversations with your friends, with your family with your coworkers, even with people that you don't like. That's so cool. Please keep sharing us, uh, sharing with us those things. Cause that's, I don't know. makes me happy. Yeah.
0: No, I've actually had, I, before you said that, I didn't even realize it, but I've had that happen to me a few times to people that are like, I did like a Christ and culture thing. And like, that's how they referred to it. Right. And I was like, Oh yeah. In everyday conversation. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And there's
1: teens that have been coming up to me too from different uh, parishes around here saying... Yeah. The feedback lately has been really awesome. It's been so good. Thank you guys so much for that. We we really do appreciate it. Uh, I do want to give a shout out if we're ready for those. Yeah, we're ready. Yeah. So I want to give a shout out to Bianca. I know we've given a shout out to her before, but she's been giving uh, killer feedback on Twitter and she's been... Kind of reaching out to us and letting, letting us know some good stuff. But a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week actually, I reached out and said, if anyone needs prayers today, let me know what we can pray for you for. And she reached out and said that her grandmother actually had just fallen and was in the emergency room. And so... We we're praying for you, Bianca, and for your, your family. And a couple of days later, she said that her grandma was doing a little bit better. So nice. we do want to say that we're still praying for you and, yeah. and your family, Bianca. Keep us posted because we want, we want to hear about that. And Definitely. if you guys have anything that you want us to pray for, please, please, please let us know. Mm-hmm. We all work in ministry, and it's literally part of our job to pray. And so please keep giving us excuses to go pray because right. we love it and we need more of it. So... Keep giving us that stuff. We want to pray for you. We want to be there for you. Yeah.
0: So shout out to her. Um, I only have like two shout outs. Well, I want to also shout out Davis because you guys gave him a shout out when I wasn't with you guys to record, but he's just been flying through our podcasts. Yeah. Over and, 50 listens yeah, in like seven days. It's been awesome. Um, I want to give a shout out to Hannah. She's a listener that pops up every now and again. Yeah. And she just joined Net Ministries and just went off to train. And so just you know prayers for her and just to let her know for that, sure. like thank you for like supporting us and supporting me and yeah thanks just for listening you're you're really awesome and you're doing great things that's awesome um, and it, if you uh
1: find out where your assignment is for net let us know because we would love to hear about that too and keep praying for you so yeah keep us posted
0: and then just a shout out to lizzie for buying me this movie because i probably wouldn't have watched it otherwise and it's good i, I do recommend it
1: Thanks, Lizzie. You would a bomb. Uh, and I do want to ask the rest of our listeners to join us in, in praying for these people, too. Uh, we want to keep sending out prayer requests to y'all because it's powerful, guys. There's a lot of y'all that are listening to the show now. Uh, I know we said it last week, but, guys, we have set the all-time record for the Christian culture and listens by far, and as of today, we're on pace to break that again, so you guys are spreading the word. You're, you're helping us and your prayers are powerful. So please, please, please pray for these people as well uh, as we take that to our prayer and pray for us because
0: <laughs> we need it. <laughs> well, sweet. Thanks guys for joining us on the adventure once again, and we'll see you next time. Love you guys. Peace out. That's gotta be so long. It is. It's like 50 minutes. Oh my gosh. I oh, mean, you just want to remembered. What's that? Eliza Espósito. Espósito means orphan.
1: No way.
0: You know, she was obviously orphaned, and then like the adoption. And the the other really cool part about that was when they kind of pointed out, they mentioned that her orphanage was Our Lady of Sorrows orphanage.
1: <sighs> okay, so she's this orphan, desiring and reaching out for freedom. And finds this Christ figure. Yeah. Coming from sorrow to Christ. That's awesome.